A reading from Matthew 24, 1-3. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all of these? he asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Uh, I want to uh, respond to this uh, in the sense that Jesus as uh, prophet, he's describing something's going to happen, but he doesn't go into too much detail about it, the actual when of it, which I think was around 70 A.D., uh, mm-hmm. that the Romans said, I've had enough of you people. <laughs> and they uh, came in and actually tore the walls of Jerusalem down, took tremendous number of prisoners and scattered them throughout uh, the world, actually, uh, which we are kind of living with even up to this day. Um, and he does not tell them when this will happen, uh, but he knows uh, himself when it will happen, because one of the things that keeps on running through the gospel of John is Jesus keeps on saying, my time has not yet come. Mm-hmm. But in Jerusalem, I think on a second or third journey, I think it's the third journey up to Jerusalem. He said, he, he actually changes to, uh, my time has now arrived. It's not exactly what he says, but he's saying the time has now arrived. And he's predicting by saying that exactly what's going to happen to him on the cross and many things thereafter. Yeah, these prophetic warnings I find interesting. Um, warnings, God, he, he's gracious enough to give us warnings sometimes in life. You know, I think about it like when you're driving your car and you have a light go off on the dashboard, right? It's a warning that something needs to be fixed, you know, and it's and it's warning you so that you don't break down on the highway and you're not in uh, more danger because you didn't listen to the warning. Uh, But if I'm honest, a lot of times, you know, I'm like those people in Jerusalem. I don't really listen to the warnings. I can ignore them pretty easily. And it just reminds me of this one passage. It's almost hilarious uh, in Jeremiah chapter 36. Jeremiah, you know, he has this warning that he brings to Jehoiakim, who's the the, uh, king of Judah. And the king of Judah, he takes this this warning. It's a scroll. He unrolls it and his attendant reads part of it. And then he cuts off a piece of it and he throws it in the fire. He throws the whole warning away Mm. uh, because he doesn't want to hear it. And oftentimes we don't want to hear these warnings from God, but they're actually for our own good and for our own protection. Uh, But we have to be humble enough to actually listen uh, and heed the warnings that he gives us. That's really good advice. And I'm going to try to just place that whole concept in the context of Christian marriage. Because sometimes I, I realize that some marriages are like annoying because you have a nagging husband or a nagging wife or complaining all the time or whatever. But in a healthy Christian marriage, your spouse can actually be that person who gives you the warning on your dashboard, the, 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 um, the red light saying, Hey, you know, we were at that dinner party and you 
came across really arrogant when you answered that lady's question or whatever. Like if you can be in a, rela- a marriage relationship where your spouse can offer those warnings to you, then to trust that enough mm. instead of defending her. Well, I wasn't being arrogant. She was being arrogant. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just to say, oh, man. I'm going to trust your perspective on this and thank you for telling me that. And um, I think Nancy and I are there. We've been married 18 years and occasionally one of us will get defensive with feedback like that. But for the most part, it's like, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that warning. Cause my, if I didn't have that warning, my soul would not be in a good place. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really valuable uh, insight. I was going to uh, talk about a warning I received, uh, way back when, uh, and I've been married a lot longer than 18 years, but in a way, uh, I, I received a warning, uh, in earlier part of this year. Uh, and here's what's so interesting about it. Not only, uh, I did not defend myself. There was not, it was kind of a money issue. I didn't defend myself because I knew that what I was hearing was correct. But I had not had the kind of desire to act on it, on the, the correctness of the desire, uh, of the, uh, the warning. And I think that's the hard part because uh, the natural thing would be def- de- defensive, be defensive. But I, I, I'd grown enough in Christ to know that that would be an inappropriate way of addressing the issue. And uh, I think every marriage and every every but he's engaged just in life, uh, receives warnings all the time. And what we'd like to do is fantasize that this is not a warning. Uh, this is just loves God or uh, God's love for me or whatever. But actually warnings are suggesting action. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that action is the key response to warning. Once you've sorted out what needs to be done, but I think action warnings go together. Mm 